0: All right, back in our Stuck Series, the ultimate form of stuckness, no focus in session.
1: Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapist. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson.
0: Yeah, welcome back to the Stuck Series. We're so honored that you're with us. Can't tell you enough times how much we appreciate your work. You've chosen to do something that's very difficult, that doesn't pay as well as other things in the world pay. Uh, but you're choosing to invest in something that's a, a, a bigger, a bigger thing here that affects generations. So thank you for your work. We're jumping right back into the Stuck series here. Looking forward to what Dr. Hawkins here has to say about focus today. You could argue that this topic is the topic of our whole, our whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. It is. yeah. Um, but, you know, repetition is not so bad. And I'll say this, you know, I had a couple this past week and uh, they pushed my leading edge. I'll tell you that they were tough. And uh, I was sitting in session just sort of meta reflecting on how difficult this was and how, how I, re- I was really having a hard time establishing focus. So I just say that to say when we talk about not having focus, it's because it's hard. It's That's not right. like that, you know, the therapist is stupid or, you know, incompetent. This is when, when you have more than one person in the room and they're not feeling safe. People's bodies are professionals at diversion block tactics to to keep them keep them alive and therefore focus can go out the window so James pick us up this is the topic you wanted to do today yeah
2: let's jump in it happened to me this morning so it really drove the point home so there's two ways I'll tell my own personal story working with this couple that I've been working with for a while they just hit a rough spot for so many good reasons Um, but this morning it was a stuck moment and I'm really trying to get them into the place where they can catch the cycle themselves and work on kind of catching it and changing the cycle. Can they institute a positive cycle? Um, and so this morning they were trying to get me really into, they were going into topic, which we've talked about that here. And in the topic, like, well, I, I, just, I do get afraid. I get afraid that if my partner's schedule gets overloaded, they're gonna get stressed, and we've done all this hard work, and I get scared that I'm gonna lose them. Great statement. But then the way they want to solve it is, then they start wanting to almost go into help me work, help us work out our schedule. Right, and I'm like, nope, that's not going to work. Right, that's you thought that work. or you said that. I, I will both. Okay, <laughs> I said, hey, I because I've been working with them for a while. So right. hey, I really appreciate that. But remember, what have we been working on here? Like, I we could talk about the schedule, and both of you can have good reasons for why you set up your schedule the way you do, the tasks you have on your schedule. But I wonder, are you two able to have the conversation about? Are you able to tell your partner about this fear? Are you able to tell your partner about how you see them and you don't want to drop them, but also you're overwhelmed with your schedule and you don't know how to let anything go while you also try not to lose them? That's the conversation we got to be able to have today. So can I pick one person to start with to help you know get this thing start getting to help you to have a new conversation again? Can I do that? So here's why that matters to me in this topic. I could have been spinning my wheels about where do I start? What am I going to try and do? We've already talked about in this, con- this podcast trying to solve content or getting stuck in story. But let me move to a second story why this podcast, why this episode matters to me, is also supervising the work of other therapists. And I, before they start playing their tape, I say, before we play, can you let me know about what stage are we in? What move of the tango are you doing? Who's the identified person in the clip you're going to show me? Who is the identified person that you're working to try and get them to access a signal so they can pass the signal? I ask all of these questions because I want to know what's your focus so I can join you. And the part that's hard is these are good therapists that I'm getting to work with. And they'll they keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And the kind of some of the premises here is sometimes part of the stuckness because could be because we don't have focus. And because we don't have focus and we can't really know where we're going, we don't know which parts to grab. We don't know how to organize it. We don't know like what, what kind of blocks we need to work with or which blocks we need to set aside. We don't, we don't have that focus that gives traction. So even go back to my story I just told you about. When I was able to slow my couple down, tell them what my focus is, hey, this is where I'm seeing you two get stuck. You're not a, When that fear hits you, you go to talking about his schedule. But you don't talk to him about this fear underlying the schedule because even if he changes all the schedule, he just and you go back and forth talking about the schedule and you never let him talk about your fear. How does that land for you? Well, it's just like he's rebutting me. He's not hearing me and I don't have any voice. But did you use your voice to put words to this fear? Well, no, not really. And then when you rebut her, you're really overwhelmed. And you're trying your best to win at life. You don't want to drop that one thing because that takes you back to that old place we've talked about where you feel like you're a failure. But do you take a moment and use your voice? Like in that rebuttal, are you letting her know that you're struggling with still that part of that failure comes up for you? Do you use your voice and do that? No. So can we stay here and help you both have the conversation that you're not able to have when that cycle takes over? That's the what we're going to do today. That's the focus. Okay. All right. Good. That helps get me some traction. So I'm giving the, I know what I'm going towards, what what process I'm trying to do. And that helps me with the stuckness. When I wasn't that explicit with my focus, and I, by the way, I think that's one of the practical things here. It's we should tell our, for me, at least one of my moves is I tell my clients my focus. I don't usually keep it a secret. Mm.
0: Making your moves explicit? 100%. Okay.
2: Yes. And that, that sounds like what? So what I see right here is this. And what I think I need to do to help you to is to slow this cycle down. And I hear you keep talking about the schedule, but I don't know if you are able to unpack what's all in this fear for you and to pass that over to your partner. So what I think I need to do is come help you unpack that fear that gets the cycle going for you and help you send that to them. Because what the trigger for you is when they rebut you about the schedule. Because it seems like they're rebutting you about the schedule, but they don't get to know that really what they're rebutting is your fear. So that's what I need to help you do differently today. Does that make yeah. sense? Okay.
0: All right. I like that. I like that. I don't do that as much. Maybe I should try it out. <laughs> I'll tell you where that's really, really useful is a uh, sidebar in a future episode here is, is working with the severely traumatized. You know, if someone has a lot of trauma, their bodies are so built in to detect trauma, that the, the less you can surprise them, the better. Yeah. You know, if you can give them a heads up, hey, in two minutes, I'm going to come over and talk to you and see if I can find a little different way to look at how hard this is for you. And I'm going to see if you can stay with me. Like, that's a game changer. And that's probably
2: influenced by Catherine Rehm was one of my mentors, and she does a lot of trauma work. Um, And then same thing, I would tell the other partner, going back to, I think I've seen this one before, and husband, I need you to, like, while I'm taking moment, I know there's a lot happening for you, but she normally comes at you with the schedule. If I invite her to share the fear with you and to talk about the fear... Would you be willing to hear about that today? Maybe you're not always ready to hear about her arguing about your schedule, but could you hear about her fear? And would you be ready for that? Okay, good. So for me, it's I'm literally I'm saying this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take you through Tangle moves two, three, four, and and you're gonna respond. And then I, I told him, but and then after I finish that, I don't tell him the tango move. <laughs> and when I help her with that, then I want to come over to you because you have a protest here. And so we'll do, and then we'll have you give your time for your voice. But at least that gives me some mm-hmm. focus to deal with the stuckness. And when my mm-hmm. couples do get bogged down, hey, can we go back to what we talked about
0: earlier, what the plan that we're trying to work on? Yeah.
2: Are you going to let me do that?
0: Yeah. I like that too, because you're speaking to the person that you want to be the responder, knowing that they're also upset that day. And you're making it explicit that it's we're going to do this one at a time. Basically, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're saying. Right. And I'm going to come and hear your concerns as well. But we're going to start here. I like that. Right, that's right. good.
2: It's good. And so the reason why this matters to me, it's I l- let me own it for me because like we definitely I like what Ryan said at the beginning. This was a game changer for me. Sometimes I could say, "Oh, my client's difficult" or "My client's that," but then sometimes I had to turn around and look at James after the session was over and say, "James, did you have a target that you were aiming for?" What were you doing? What tangle move were you in? Who were you working with? And not only who were you working with, what signal were you trying to make clear? What was the focus? What, what what needed to change in the cycle? And when I don't have those, I am definitely stuck and lost. And if I'm the process facilitator and I'm lost, then my clients are lost. And we know what lost clients do. They go back to their protective moves and their right. reactivity. The cycle mm-hmm. takes over.
0: Yep. That's good. That's good. You know, I was at an externship recently, um, shout out to my online group and my, yeah, my co-trainer, Debbie skameka and a uh, hundred and something people on that call, including helpers. And, and uh, I did a live session and it went fine, went well. And uh, they were, we were processing what went on. And she refers to focus as session management. Mm. So it's just another way to say the same thing. And you know, we were talking about how some things went well, and she jumped in and said, What Ryan did well right there is session management, which means he he intentionally chose to not move, to not sort of chase this in order to chase this. And that's what we're referring to with focus, is we're literally saying, We're gonna we're gonna put the brakes on here. This is where we're gonna hit the gas. Shout
2: out, Debbie. I yeah. like that, Frank. Yeah.
0: All right. So we're gonna talk more about that after the break.
2: Do you like the content that you're hearing on this podcast? Well, we invite you to join us on successandvulnerability.com along with George Fowler and other EFT therapists and supervisors where you get to get more thorough insight into these concepts and actually get to see it done. Once again, join us on successandvulnerability.com.
0: Yeah. So focus, as we've said, you know, in uh, episode six, we're talking about some of the same concepts. If you want to go back, if this is if you're joining us later and and wondering where this is coming from, this is has a history with us. um, That focus is the hardest and most important part of the whole thing. I think that's definitely true. You know, Debbie calls it session management. And I think, you know, the hard part is that there are so many areas of focus you could choose. And I think part of the skill level here as a therapist is is sort of starting to gain an instinct, if you will, about if I turn here, it's gonna take me here. If I turn here, it's gonna take me here. This is the pathway that gives me the best odds of of having something good happen. You know, and and that's when you do live demonstrations as I as we do a lot of in front of new people, one of the things in the in the post Training is like, why didn't you go here? Why didn't you go here? And, you know, sometimes they're good questions, and sometimes the answer is, well, you could have. You know, there's, there's, there's good options on, on many, you know, places. But to, to establish focus that's effective with more than one person in the room, you cannot chase every lead. Every time, you can't even chase every single emotion. You've got to be, have a sense of where we're going with this thing. And I want to try to get that a little bit practical here. Mm. Before I do, though, remember this. Every yes is a set of nos. Every time I choose to open a piece of work, I am closing multiple other pieces of work. And so it certainly helps if I'm not winging it right there. I'll tell you this. If it's my relationship, I don't want my therapist winging it. I want my therapist to have an idea of where we're going with this thing. Of course, I want them to be attuned and, you know, validating and stuff like that. But I don't want them to wing it. That's that's my opinion. If that, sounds, if that sounds mean, I apologize. I'm just speaking for myself there, but I don't think I'm the only one.
1: Mm-mm.
0: So I thought about just four little categories to help you make your clinical decisions when you're picking an area of focus, picking a piece of work, as George Fowler says. Um, the, word, the word I've used here is congruent. So when I'm, when I'm picking a, a piece of work, I want to be congruent with where they are in the process of therapy. So in that live demonstration week before last, whenever that was, maybe it was last week, I don't know. Um, I'm, working, I'm working down on the pursuer side into emotion. And I have a decent amount of live emotion. It wasn't the deepest thing I've ever seen, but it was, you know, a stage one. And in the middle of processing um, some I think it was rejection, some hurt, some sadness. She she throws out feeling a little bit unlovable. So it's a negative model of self. And I did not follow that, which I got a lot of questions about that. And I didn't follow it because it's not where they're it's not where they are in the clinical process just yet. They had they don't have enough success at sharing emotional signals, you know, primary emotion, deeper emotion. And, and sort of proving that they can show up in that area. So that would be an example of me not me making a session management or a focused decision to not open something that could be good, which would be negative model of self, before we've had experiences and what we would think of as stage one, more of just primary emotion. So number one, it needs to be congruent with where they are in the therapeutic process, what stage they, what stage they are in and what they have completed successfully. If they don't know their cycle, if they don't know their protection moves, if they haven't slowed down their protection moves, I don't need to go get attachment needs. Mm. I don't need to go ask them what they need from this relationship. All I'm going to get is blame. Even though those are good questions at some point in the therapeutic process. All right, there's one. Number two, uh, it needs to be congruent with their tolerance window. The, the, the tolerance window right in front of me. you know. So a severely traumatized person if I get to SAD, I might go ahead and enact it on the first word no, with a sense of if I continue to hang out here longer like I would normally in SAD, that might expand their tolerance window and I'll actually create blocks. Number three, it needs to be congruent with direction that's very attachment oriented. So your couple struggling over their scheduling issue, you know, you can you can use the juice out of the scheduling issue but you don't want to take your interventions on the scheduling issue. Mm -mm. Not even necessarily how you feel about the scheduling issue needs to be more about their repair or lack of repair. So it needs to be attachment oriented. And number three, maybe the most important one is does, is my focus staying at that second order level of pattern interruption? Does it address the systemic patterns as opposed to a singular skill, a singular issue, et cetera? It, Couples will teach you really quickly that you're going to have to find a way to address this pattern. You can't just throw a first-order intervention at a second-order stuck problem.
2: And Ken, I want to throw this in. That goes back to where you're saying, like, I say yes to something, and it feels like I'm saying no. But where it comes back around where I think in EFT is just what Ryan just said. It's I deal with the pattern that keeps getting you two stuck. And so sometimes we can fold that back in later in move five of the tango. So look at what you two did here. I know it might come up around schedule. It could come up around parenting, or it could come up around care for whomever in your family. But what happens is, is ultimately underneath all of that is this fear, this fear of, are we going to lose each other? This fear, and what you normally can't do is, we talk about all those topic areas, but we never get to really connect in the fear. And that's what we get to tie together here today. That's how I would end up focusing on one thing, grab the emotion inside of it. And then I said, so what we really need to do is all those places is, is, can you turn and talk about the fear? So now I don't have to go address parenting, this, that. It's, oh, it's the fear we don't talk about that keeps us from being able to solve the content issue.
0: Mm-hmm. So when they can talk about fear, that's what they're missing in their failed repair attempts. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. And do you... Do you just try to bring fear out of the blue, or do you set it up in more of an assembly kind of a thing?
2: Ooh, that's good. No, that's a question. That's good. Yeah. Um, no, I don't usually. For me, I'll just go with what yeah. happened this morning. All right. It happened in the midst of assembly, and it kind of popped up. And they were still making it clear. So I'm just kind of be curious. Can I slow down? I know it's kind of like some frustration there, but I also hear this part of you, like you know, there's something going on, but you don't want to bring it up. So I don't also don't know. Is it is a little bit of fear inside of that? I don't know. Help me understand. Well, y- well, yeah, I am afraid. Like, we've worked so hard to get to this place, and I'm just afraid that after we fought so hard to get it, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Oh, and what's it like to talk to your partner about this fear? Well, that's even scary, James, because if I bring it up and he's in the bad spot, it could still push us even further away. Oh, okay. So that's where we are. So then, that's when you start coming at him with all the schedule stuff, and then he rebuts you, and then it just seems over and over. The thing you're trying to prevent, it just keeps coming to a reality. He gets further and further away.
0: Okay. So notice what James is doing there. You know, he, he's he's accessing the emotion off of an assembly, mm-hmm. right? Which is very important. Mm-hmm. It's easy for someone who's new in this model, new in working with emotion to just try to go find emotion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you can do a good experience there, but if if we don't have some structures, nowhere to install it. So he's being curious and open Mm -hmm. and using his presence, but he's fishing fishing where he knows the fish are, Mm -hmm. you understand, because off of a a trigger, off of an attachment, meaning we know there's going to be attachment-worthy emotions in that place. Is Mm -hmm. that fair? Is that how you think of it?
2: That's fair. And one more I'm getting better at is going fishing around people's protection. That protection is there because something queued it up, and there's an experience that makes you go to the behavior. So I've learned to fish around people's protection as well.
0: Okay, because if if they if they didn't have attachment worthy emotions, they wouldn't be protecting. 100%. Right. Hundred percent. Gotcha. And that's focus right there. Mm-hmm. That's focus because there's a thousand emotions that are in the world, um, but you know, and and we are counterbalancing two things in EFT. We're going to privilege the emotional side. And, and co-regulation but we are we are also co-creating meaning we are also working and expanding the frame from you're bad to we're caught in something bigger than ourselves and using that cycle shout out to my buddy in uh in Jonesboro Arkansas Hayden Huckabee fairly new uh to certification yeah oh yay Hayden Hayden that's right he's and he's a very experienced clinician for like two decades but uh he's been an EFT for just a few years he's excellent and uh, he brought his live couple for me to work with, so that was nice. And in the processing with the group, he said, uh, he said a phrase that was really great. Debbie loved it, too. He goes, look, the cycle's my friend. And the context of that is, you know, the couple hates the cycle. We, we hate what the cycle does. But to the therapist, the cycle is your friend because it gives order to chaos. Like when things start to go crazy— you need to be in the back of your mind, you need to start thinking, all right, I've got to get in and start tracking this cycle or assembling this or running temp, depending on how you want to think of that language. So, you know, if you go to previous episodes, 18 and 19, we talk a lot about path one and path two. Path one being alpha path, path two being bravo path. That's totally stuff that we made up, by the way. If you say that to any other trainers, they're gonna look at you like you have three heads. But but we find it helpful, a uh, real helpful actually. And path one, that alpha path, it's kind of what you're talking about there. Mm -hmm. They're not in a good space. Mm -hmm. James needs to step forward. He needs to kind of be the stronger, wiser other, or the alpha for just a few minutes. Not for the rest of their lives, but in that window of time when they're struggling, they need you. Mm -hmm. And in that alpha path, what they are saying is our current organization can't work for us. We need you to come towards us and reorganize this thing, which is finding triggers, deadly attachment, meaning... Uh, physical, you know, a body marker, emotion and action tendencies and organizing that thing. Were you going to comment on that?
2: No, 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 it's good.
0: Okay. And then if you do a good job of that, a percentage of the time, which you can't always predict, they will slow down Yeah, and they will bring more of a raw emotion, organic emotion forward. You know, whether it's a tear in the eye or a, or a pacing or curiosity, at that point, it's really important that we pivot. That we don't keep going over and over and over in the cycle, when you have a shift in the moment, we must attune and shift mm-hmm. over to path to or bravo path. that we're, by bravo, we're literally saying kind of an applause. I'm like, "Hey, you just took a vulnerable risk. There you go. So now, I'm going to slow down yeah. with you. That's good. What's happening right now? Right? And so if you watch your videos, we, we should see your, yourself going back and forth in attunement with where they are. And that, to me, is the ultimate guide for focus. If you're on the right path, it really gives your interventions a chance to land. If you're on the wrong path, you can do a lot of good stuff and still can get pretty uh, pretty lost. Man,
2: you have anything else on that ride? So I thank y'all for just letting us kind of entertain this, you know, because, you know, as clinicians, we could easily just sit there and say, oh, it's the client, these clients, these clients. But then, you know, at least for me, I don't know, you to determine where you are, I'm like, ah, but sometimes, James, you weren't focused today. um, And because you weren't focused, you couldn't really guide and, and harness their energy towards something that's productive, which is what the negative cycle does them at home. Yeah, And I'm not trying to even shame you. I'm like, but I can work on that. Yeah. So where did I lose focus at? Was I on the wrong path? Were they in a reactive place and I was trying to soften them and be vulnerable? Or were they in a vulnerable place and I was, like, still organizing and mm-hmm. trying to make meaning? was I even attuned to like who I'm working with? What emotional handle am I am I working with? What mo- tango move am I am I in? All those little elements of focus, I think to me is what's helped kind of grow it. And so hopefully we sharing these nuggets with you will help you and your clients on the leading edge.
0: I want to add one more thing cuz I like what you said. You kind of you, you started your last few sentences there with if you if you're not looking at this stuff, you can end up kind of blaming your clients. Um what I see people doing, and I don't want to, you know, mock or make light of this at all because it is a serious matter, but it's something to be cautious around. If we're not paying attention to our focus, by the way, watch your videos. Yeah, that's right. You got to watch. Um, if, if we're not doing that, if we're not studying our, our process of focus, what I see most often happen is, is you end up blaming the content. Ooh. So that's the number one series of questions you get when you travel around the world teaching this stuff is like, yeah, 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 but what do you do with affairs? Or what do you do with autism? What do you do with ADD? What do you do with you know, domestic violence? And, and those are good questions, but the presupposition is that you're going to all of a sudden change your whole model based on that, and that's a, that's, great, that's a great recipe for a lot of chaos. Now, we do have two-day specialty trainings and all those things, and they're wonderful, but I've been at a bunch of them. And backstage, at most specialty trainings, the trainers who, who really have developed some pretty cool expertise in things like domestic violence, like I think about my buddy Levin and Jeff. They do a phenomenal two-day thing on domestic violence, or, or they don't call it that, violence in relationships, or fighting for connection, I think is what they call that. It's great. Backstage, guess what they say? We're just doing EFT to this. <laughs> it's still the same interventions. It's still the same moves. We're just adjusting focus a little bit. So shout out to George Fowler. We give him a lot of credit, hopefully, anyway. But one of the things that he does, uh, we, we sometimes co-train or, or whatever with these uh, sort of open-ended trainings where we don't really have an agenda. We're going to do one pretty, pretty soon here ourselves. And uh, inevitably, he's trying to look at therapeutic process, nuance in the process. And someone goes, but what do you do with this, this, and this content? And his great question is, come on up here and sit down. Show me how that actually presents in session. And that is such an important distinction that I would like to put in our brains because these big titles scare us. And when we become intimidated, we take our eye off the ball and we're looking for some sort of, you know, third party intervention here and we lose our place. There is no content situation that attachment is not important. There is no situation that that there's not vulnerable need. There is no painful situation that doesn't involve disorganized emotion and disorganized interactions. So I'm not saying to never make adjustments, but don't don't blame your hardest cases on a unique form of content and miss the focus um, part of the process.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Rayner Professional Training and on his website Ryan training.com You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawk LPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawklPC.com.